We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make low-maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom. So we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. I'm Joe Bartle and join alongside me. It feels like it's been forever since I can find I can say this, but join alongside me once again is Mr. Ben Miller. Ben, we've had a little bit of a hiatus lately. We we took off for the holidays. We had Christmas right. going on, New Year's Eve, my birthday, dentist appointment, all those things happened <laughs> in the span of two weeks and it was probably best that we rewound a little bit, got our DFS gears back into place, so to speak. And then, of course, you were off, and I was with Alex for this last podcast. But you're finally back. I'm fan- finally back. The NBA season is in full swing. We don't have to worry about any more NFL DFS stuff, which I've actually been pretty good at this year. And the NBA stuff, it's been... <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you listen to my last lineup, which was horrible. Uh, but, yeah, you're back. It's, it's fantastic to be able to do this again with you. Yeah, it feels good to be back. It definitely feels like it's been like a month since I've been on here, well, I mean, two weeks, but yeah, it's been, it's been a long time. I'm glad we got the, uh, the dual action here to uh, back in it. Um, Fandle's not doing me any favors though with the slate no. uh, for, for this first game back. So they're really, really giving it to me hard on this. Monday's this eight one. game slate. This being Monday and this being the eight game slate is actually really difficult. I mean, we were putting together, this is our second run through of the podcast, <laughs> given that our first one, which we got about 30 minutes through, then just mysteriously crapped out on us. So now we're this is take two of the NBA DFS podcast. But you're right. The eight-game slate for Monday is difficult. And the fact that FanDuel has priced, I would say aggressively, I was going to say fairly appropriately, but aggressively is probably more accurate, a bunch of players that are probably filling in for injuries. That That's in part due to the fact that there's only eight games. But, yeah, I mean, we're talking about guys that have only started for two or three games that were right up to the point where it's like, oof, I don't even know if I want to go that direction. Yeah, typically the injuries give you those those you know, value plays in the 4,100s, low, you know, 
or upper three thousands, those, those really cheap guys that make it, you know, easier to fit in the top guys like Kevin Durant, like, you know, Giannis, like the, there really isn't that many players like that in this slate. Like you said, because of, you know, Fandle's aggressive stance on a bunch of these guys filling in. So yeah, that, that definitely made this a lot tougher. Um, it's, it's going to be all about, you know, figuring out which expensive guy to put in there and, and how you're going to fill it out with the mid tier. Well, on the first time we did through this podcast, this podcast run through, we talked a lot about injuries as an important thing to note when you're setting your lineups tonight, a lot of those guys have kind of come in. We know Andre, or we, we, we figure Andre Drummond should be playing. He was at shoot-around today, and he's expected to play. Uh, we know that maybe someone like Kevin Durant is still questionable. We're still waiting to some of those later game guys. But for the most part, we have some of these injuries down. I think the biggest one and your biggest cheap saver spot will probably be Forbes because the Spurs are going to be without Mam Ginobili. And they're going to be potentially out. I mean, we know Kawhi Leonard, obviously, with the shoulder tears can be out, yeah, too. Yeah, but Danny Green's officially out now, too. Danny Green's out, too. And we know Parker's likely back, right? And right, He, he right. rested over the weekend, so we're expecting him back. But it, it, Forbes is your cheap play. That feels like about the only cheap play under 4K that's going to be getting a bunch of minutes, correct? Yeah, he's only 3,500. He's definitely a punt play guy. He's not a guy that we're thinking that's going to throw up 35, 40 Fando points. Um, he's more like a 25, 30 type of guy, but at you know a minimum price of 3,500, that's that's the type of value that you're looking for there. Um, otherwise, I mean, you know, Kyle Anderson's another guy that's filling in for the Spurs. I think his price has shifted up quite a bit. I think 5,700. Yeah, he's, he's started a good three or four games now, and that, that's one of those guys that we, <laughs> that's what we were talking about earlier, is, is who's priced so aggressively that, wow, okay, well, maybe I don't necessarily think he's that, that fill-in for me. I think he's got maybe one or two more days where you feel comfortable using him at the price, but uh, Alex and I talked about him last podcast, the guy we like to target, and he did pretty well. And given that Rudy Gay is going to be out, Kawhi Leonard's going to be out, it's a situation where Anderson's going to have to get about 30 minutes. Yeah. And it's now getting to the point where he's almost at 6K, and you you have to feel a little weary about using him. I think that in a double-up, he's going to get enough minutes where you feel confident. But I don't think he has the tournament upside play. No. Even with the price that he's at right now, I don't, I don't really feel great about him as a tournament play. So it's one of those situations where, again, aggressively priced a few of these guys, and you're going to have to really, really dig around find people you find savings for look for savings and as far as that yeah he's you know plays go right he's been like 49,000 or 4,900 5,000 um he's only had like 29 25 22 so as soon as Fandle points that is so as as soon as he kind of gets up near that 6,000 that's pushing that five times value that we often you know look Mm -hmm. for so I don't know. It's it's tough. I, I think you're you're definitely right that tournament wise he doesn't have that upside, uh, but he could be a potential you know stuff stuff guy in there for for a cash game. Before we get into Monday's eight game slate, I just want to talk first about RotoWire's new media platform that we're going to be trying out, and this is one of the first times that uh, it's been being pushed on podcasts right now. Actually, I don't know if it's going to be pushed anywhere else. So, but I thought it was a really interesting concept that RotoWire is bringing in. It's going to be an NBA DFS Slack channel. They already have one going on for dfs soccer but there ended up being such a conversation going on with the soccer stuff and nba that they just opened up a different platform altogether for the nba stuff i am on there ben is going to be on there very shortly and we'll be taking and talking a lot about dfs when it goes on there it's free to all rotowire subscribers all you have to do is email support at rotowire.com to be able to get into the slack channel and be able to talk some nba dfs there's going to be some other experts besides us on there talking nba dfs but more importantly I think it's more about a community aspect with people that are interested in the RotoWare brand and also like to play NBA DFS. Kind of all a place for us to, uh, I'll say, bitch and moan about some of the players <laughs> that didn't do well, some plays that you thought were great, and 
to me, I mean, those know, Monday DFS uh, <laughs> picks that we didn't pan out yeah, as we I looked mean, for. I'm totally fine if we get flamed for that. Because yeah, oh, absolutely, the, as we should. I like having the conversation with that, and there's a reason right. they call me Mr. 250 because there's plenty of people that you can have <laughs> conversations about bad plays. But I, I think it's cool that we can open this avenue, uh, not just through Twitter communicating between us, but also with the Slack channel. Um, for those of you who are not aware, it's a, a medium that you can talk amongst other people, like-minded people, and there's a lot of different forums that use Slack as well. So this isn't something brand new that RotoWire is breaking right, in. Right. But certainly for us as a company, I think this is an, a neat avenue, and I'm, I'm excited to be a part of that. I'm excited to be able to talk some NBA DFS, and I know days in which I will be playing, I will be active on the Slack channel. So feel free to contact us, talk to us on there. If you do end up contacting support at rotowire.com to get into the RotoWire subscriber area and and be a part of that. I think it's going to be a neat thing. Yeah, great opportunity to kind of just, you know, see what everyone else is thinking, get a get a good grasp for for everything that's going on in fantasy. So definitely a great, great thing to look for. Well, let's get into the NBA uh, slate of things for Monday. We start first the Bucks and Pacers, 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. We know that Toledovich will be out. We know that Ajabari Parker is nearing a return, but probably not going to be this week. And frankly, when he does return, he's probably not going to be playing enough minutes where you feel comfortable using him in DFS for at least a week or two afterwards. So no real injuries to note for the Bucks. However, Giannis is the second highest priced player on Monday's eight game slate. He's sitting about $300 lower than LeBron James at the small forward spot. How comfortable do you feel using Giannis in your lineup? Do you think he is one of the better value plays overall for the high priced players? Yeah, Giannis is by far my favorite, favorite guy on top. I think the matchup against the Pacers is probably the biggest thing there. Um, I know the Pacers are pretty bad defending big men. Obviously, Giannis does a little bit of everything. He handles the ball, plays in the post. I mean, he does it all, but... um, I do. I, I think the matchup against against the Pacers is a big reason why I'm I'm kind of you know targeting Giannis, and he's a little cheaper than LeBron too. You know, like two or three hundred dollars cheaper. I mean, not huge savings, but um, I think it's enough where I, I still like Giannis better than him. I think the matchup's better there. I like it too. I mean, again, LeBron eleven thousand four hundred, Giannis eleven thousand one hundred. You're kind of splitting hairs if we're talking about a differential right, price. Right, I understand yeah. that, but LeBron's going against the Timberwolves who have come on as late, and of course Jimmy Butler, who's kind of been a thorn in LeBron's side when he was in the Eastern Conference, will be guarding him for the most part. LeBron's LeBron. I'm not I'm not saying he's not going to do that, but Giannis does have a much easier matchup, and we saw just recently what Giannis can do against the Pacers where he scored 52 Fanduel points in that most recent out, outing. I think it was, what, you know, two 56 weeks? 56 even, yeah. 56, okay, and yeah. that was, what? Uh, January 3rd, so five days less ago? than a week ago. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So I think that, I mean, we know firsthand what can happen with Giannis. I, I think it's tough to depend or count on that, but of the guys that are around 11,000 or 10,000 above, it's LeBron, it's Giannis, it's Kevin Durant, who's sitting at 10,400. We don't know if he's going to play. It's James Harden, who's out. DeMarcus Cousins going against Andre Drummond, Anthony Davis going against Andre Drummond, and Chris Paul. So of the 10,000 guys, I think Giannis actually ends up being the safest or close to the safest option. I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, obviously, one of Davis and Cousins could be a better option, but... Uh, yeah, Giannis. Giannis is the guy, I think. I think so, too. And, you know, how you want to use Giannis is going to be interesting on FanDuel, given I think a lot of the price savings players are available in the small forward spot right. as opposed to shooting guard, point guard, anything else. I think small forward is where you'll find the most value plays. But you also might want to have a guy like Giannis in there, which limits what you're going to be able to do. Right, and you'll need one of those value plays to play alongside him if you're paying up that much. Exactly. Um, we'll move over to the Raptors and Nets game. Karis LeVert will play Monday. He missed the last two games with the groin injury. I know you're pretty high in him, and this is kind of a bit of a pivot for you given you are normally the person that says, all right, I don't want to pay for somebody that is at the highest point on FanDuel, and I also don't want to pay for somebody just coming off an injury. But here he is coming off an injury and still 6K. I, I'm 
curious to hear your mindset on this. It does. It kills me to do this. I mean, this is this is definitely against everything I always say. Um, it's just it's just the right opportunity for for him specifically. I don't know. No, Damari Carroll. Um, who usually starts uh, on the wing alongside, you know, Alan Crabb. I think Levert's going to be the one that starts um, in his place. You know, I just he's had 34 plus, you know, Fanduel points in four straight games before the the uh, the injury. So it's not like his production was down or anything. Um, he, I think he's a really good option. He he deserves the um, the the salary increase there. And I just I just think this is there's going to be so many minutes available and he's going to be one of the go-to guys there. I think Nick Sauskis is actually questionable too as well. That just popped up, um, which could be even more minutes for him in the backcourt. So I think, I just think, you know, the injury doesn't scare me that much this time around solely because I think Levert has to play that many minutes with, with limited bodies available. You're right, but it is going against a Raptors team that is about middle of the pack in terms of long points, to the shooting guard spot, but we know their defense is pretty good overall. And it's not, you're not expecting anyone going against the Raptors to score tons of points. So I wonder I wonder if it's just, I don't want to say it's not a safe play. I, I just don't see the upside. Certainly in a tournament lineup, I don't want to go that direction. I think at shooting guard, when you're setting your fan to a lineup, you can either pay up or pay down. There's a few options there. But for some reason, going in the middle of the pack, even at 6,000, just doesn't feel great. I mean, I know that Levert is going to get a lot of minutes. I know that really kind of is the main score on the Nets at this point. I just don't know if I want to go that direction when there's guys cheaper that might be able to provide a similar upside. Yeah, I can see that. I, I do. I think I, I still think there's better value elsewhere, um, not at shooting guard, um, other than you know Forbes, who's the the cheapest of the cheap uh, pun play. But um, I, I still I think I think Levert's a great play. I do. I think that Forbes is going to probably be in my lineup by the end of tonight as we're going through. But it's one of those things where right now I'm looking at, and I don't want to go down the that gout. Ooh, I don't want to go down to that direction. <laughs> at the same time. I understand that you might have to, to be able to free up some other money space. And I mean, that goes right into the Rockets Bulls, another eight o'clock Eastern time tip off game. Chris Paul, 10,200. We talked about the 10,000 price guys. I think Paul is an interesting name because when you think the Bulls, you're like, oh yeah, they stink at stopping point guard, shooting guard, everything else. Let's get a guy on there who's going to have to be the main ball handler for a Rockets up-tempo offense. But then you kind of look at Paul's numbers and he hasn't done that well, especially with James Harden out. And it's like, oh, he's maybe getting 40 to 45 fan points a night. That's only four times value. If you feel like Giannis is the safer play, I think that might be a direction that you steer away from Chris Paul. Yeah, it, it, Paul's up to 10,200. I think he came back at around 9,200, something low 9,000. So he's, he's definitely up at up you know 1,000 from where he was previously. I, I don't like it. I, I think he's played a lot. Uh, I guess his statistical lines have, have fallen a bit since Harden's been out because you know the defense can focus more on him. They don't... Um, have someone else to pay attention to so I think that's definitely hurt you know Paul I think his usage is up but his, his numbers are down a bit so I I, I agree I, I think there's better options if you're paying up in the top top tier like like Giannis or maybe even like an Anthony Davis another injury that came in just kind of under the clock as we're recording here Miritich is doubtful with an illness do you feel confident about using any one of the other power forwards Markinen really has had a steady improvement in the last couple of weeks. And there's Bobby Portis also hanging around. Who's had a couple of 30, 40, 50 Fanduel point games in his career already to this point. So do you feel confident in either of those guys? If Miritich is out, I'd feel really confident in marking it. I mean, Miritich hasn't really affected his minutes. So I don't, I don't know how many more this will really afford marketing, maybe like two or three. Um, I, I think marketing a guy considered anyway, even when Miritich was in there. Um, I, I think, yeah, I, I honestly, you could use Portis too. I think Portis, what is his price at? It looks like it's 4,500. So I could see that being one of those, you know, sneaky plays off the bench, you know, power forward um, position. 
I, either way, I think both of those guys could have some validity. I think that Portis is the tournament play, in my opinion, because you're right. Mark yeah. not going to get that many more minutes. He's already averaging close to 26, 27. Yeah. And he's been up or down, but there isn't a lot of upside that comes with that up or down part of it, whereas Portis hasn't really seen more than 20 minutes. I think he's seen it once in the last seven or eight games now. And when he did see 20-plus minutes, oh, he got 30 Fanduel points. Right. At 4500 if you're looking for a cheap power-saving option, I like the higher-priced guys, and we'll get to those guys in just a little bit. But if you want one guy that's lower-priced, and you think that Mirtich is going to be out, and you think that Bobby Porter is going to make an impact, I think that he's not a bad tournament play, if nothing else. No, I agree completely. Um, I think the Rockets are decent, actually, surprisingly, at defending power forwards. Um, but it's still going to be one of the you know slightly more up-tempo than usual that the Bulls are used to. So um, I think that could definitely help his stat line. Exactly. I mean, I think that's, again, that's the tournament play before Markin, in my opinion. But I, I feel confident enough with Markin at 6,200 at the power forward spot that yeah. if you want to be a meeting of the pack kind of thing, that's that's probably the best option to go to. Definitely. Frankly. Definitely. Going over to the Cavs and Timberwolves, another 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Isaiah Thomas is expected to play in back-to-back games for the first time this season, of course, he missed the first 25 or so based on the injury from last season with the Celtics. I don't think Isaiah Thomas sees enough minutes where he's going to be an impactful guy. I mean, he's sitting around at 6,500 right now, and he hasn't played in back-to-back games before. He's only seen about 25 minutes, 23 minutes in the time that he's been on the court. But if you told me that he's going to play 30 to 35 minutes, I feel really good about him going against Tyus Jones, who's uh, starting in place of Jeff Teague, who's out with the the grade three ankle sprain, I believe. So yeah, I like Isaiah Thomas, just not with the minutes that he's probably going to play. Yeah. No, there's no way he plays more than like 20 to 25 minutes. He only had 22 and 19 Fanduel points the first two times out. And that was with about 20 minutes as well. So without a huge bump there, I'm, I'm avoiding that, especially, you know, with the back to back that, that scares the crap out of me. So there's no way I'm playing him. Obviously I think we, in our first go around, we talked about him being a potential, you know, tournament guy if you if you really want to you know get risky and and, and go for low ownership and, and sneak a play in there but otherwise yeah for me i just i just can't do that i don't think the upside is warranted with that again i 22.4 fandom points and 19.5 fandom points in the two games he's played since coming back from injury neither of those he crossed crossed 22 minutes so he can score in i mean he's efficient in the scoring at least yeah a minute. yeah but there just isn't there isn't enough that comes with that in my opinion i understand that Tyus Jones, not really a defensive stalwart. Probably Isaiah Thomas could have his way with him. Doesn't make a lot of sense to go that route. That's, no, that's yeah. lighting money on fire, right? <laughs> that's what we talked about in the first podcast, that if you if you want to go the direction of Isaiah Thomas, that's fine. Just here, I'll light the money on fire for you. <laughs> that's how it feels like. Uh, over to the Pistons and Pelicans, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. We talked about Andre Drummond earlier. He's a game-time decision. He went through shoot-arounds. So he's expected to play. Stanley Johnson, also a game-time decision, but also went through shoot-around. He missed his fourth straight game Saturday with a strained hip, but... We're expecting him to play. Reggie Jackson's out until after the All-Star break with an ankle sprain as well. I think this is a situation now where Ish Smith, of all players, ends up being one of the best value plays on the board at point guard spot. I talked repeatedly about how Devin Booker was the best value play the last time I did the podcast with Alex. Uh, Alex Bertha, who thankfully uh, uh, he came in for you when, right, you, were, right. when you were sitting out. But <laughs> that ended up being a, a flaming disaster. I really hope that this Ish Smith doesn't become a flaming disaster as well. But at the same time, Pelicans allow a lot of points to the point guard, especially in the last five games. Can you convince me at all of a not uh, of playing not or not playing Ish Smith? I say. Uh, I mean, sixty five hundred. That's getting up there. I will say that. Um, I, I could see it being a valid play. Um, I think I'd rather have him be about fifty eight hundred. I think that'd make me be like, heck yeah, put this dude in my lineup no matter what. 
still, I still see it being a, a viable option. I, I get it. Um, I mean, he's had multiple 30 plus Vandosh point showings. I think a couple games back, he had 32, 38. So, I mean, it's, it's there. His production's there. I definitely would like the price to be down a little bit. Um, but yeah, you're right. The matchup is, is super, super good. You know, the Pelicans give up so much points to, to, to point guard. So I could definitely see that being, being an option. Do you feel confident about a Andre Drummond first going against DeMarcus Cousins or Anthony Davis? No, definitely He's the not. third highest price center coming off of a situation where he's missed multiple games due to bruised ribs. I'm staying as far away from Drummond as possible. However, I don't mind an Anthony Davis play and I don't mind a DeMarcus Cousins play. If you want to go one of those two routes, I would not put both of them in my lineup though. No. And I think Davis seems like the more, you know, logical one because in that. you would assume Drummond is the one covering Cousins, right? Right. right. So they're going to kind of get in each other's way as far as rebound opportunities go. And Anthony Davis will be in the post, and Drummond will probably cover Anthony Davis at times. But for the most part, or at least some of the time, Davis should have his way against whoever they throw out. Right. Probably like Tobias spot. Harris or something like that. So, yeah, I, I like Davis in that matchup for sure. I think that he becomes, we talked about Giannis as an upper 10,000 price guy. We like Anthony Davis for the positional versatility that I'm getting on FanDuel. I think he becomes the play I'm using. And in fact, that's the guy I am paying up for at this time. Of course, our lineups can change prior to the 7 o'clock Eastern time right, right. lock. However, I think Anthony Davis right now is the guy I'm putting in my lineup. Yeah, and I, I, I could definitely see that. Davis is the guy I hate to use just because his, his yes, injury, yes, injury yes, ability. Yes. I'm, I'm, I think I say that every single time we talk about him, and I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, but yeah, I, I do see that being a, a potential good play for against a Pistons you know, front court that can't really match up with both Cousins and Davis. So right. it should be interesting to see how that works out. Well, people have made plenty of money betting on Anthony Davis. Absolutely. absolutely. So, I mean, it's fair to bring that up. I, I recognize the the potentially lucrative upside that comes with Anthony Davis playing, <laughs> but there is definitely an upside, or I guess downside to him, and that's that he can't stand the court. So yes, that is always a, a cautionary tale when using Anthony Davis, and I'm sure now that I'm talking about that's exactly what will happen to me. <laughs> we'll move over to the Spurs-Kings first of three late-night options, and I think presents a very interesting late-night slate overall if you want to go that direction on FanDuel. It's 10 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. We know Quad Leonard will be out with the shoulder tear. We know Danny Green out, missed the last three games with groin tightness. It's going to be four now. Manage nobly out, rest purposes, and Tony Parker will be returning after missing Sunday with resting and everything else like that. So I think Forbes is a lock. In any situation that you set a lineup for a late slate, you have to have Forbes in there. Is there anyone else, though, on the Spurs that you feel like you need to have in your lineup in any situation? For me, LaMarcus Aldridge is probably one of the biggest Same. locks of the of the night for me. I mean, no Leonard, no Ginobili. I mean, there's just a lot less, you know, playmakers that are usually in there. And, and Aldridge is kind of taking it, uh, taking it on himself. He, he, he gets the boost in, you know, usage. He's the guy that, that benefits the most with, you know, a guy like Leonard out. So I love that play. I think he's in the low 8,000s. So getting up there in price. But it's, it's well worth it. I think he's had a ton, a ton of points the last few times out. It looks like Fandle-wise he had um, 54 the last game, 44 and 45. So he's putting up some some pretty big numbers. And, and then three more 40-point games after that. He had yeah, 35 yeah. one and then three more after that. I mean, he's, right. he's been pretty darn consistent. Yeah, super consistent. And then obviously he's going up against the Kings too. So it's not like there's there's a, a big defensive stopper in there that's that scares me off. You know, obviously the over-under is probably the lowest one on the night, which is something you sometimes want to uh, avoid. But I think the the situation, the matchup, and in, in, in the increased usage for Aldridge all kind of point to him being one of the better plays. Given that Zach Randolph also missed Saturday's game with an oral procedure and we're still kind of waiting word as to what his status will be Monday, I really, really like the LaMarcus Aldridge play. We talked about late night slates, but I think overall, too, if you're just setting a Monday slate lineup, I think LaMarcus Aldridge 
if not in your lineup, has to be a guy that you consider. I think in a 50-50 situation, he's much much more easy to swallow as far as his high price take because he is the third highest price power forward, probably the second highest price given Blake Griffin likely won't be playing on Monday. Yeah, I still think he's the direction I want to go. And in fact, I think even before Anthony Davis, he's my best value and high price play overall. I don't, I just against the Kings with all those guys out, I think it's tough not to imagine him getting 40 phantom points. No, I agree completely. He's already had four, like five out of six games with that. And I just don't see that stopping without Leonard in there. Do you want to use any of the Kings guys here? George Hill was rest on Saturday. He's coming back now. We know that Tony Parker's playing. You would think that I got maybe George Hill could have a, a reverse revenge game narrative going on, but certainly De'Aaron Fox and all his athleticism could maybe take advantage of a wounded Spurs team. I, I think that's not a lighting your money on fire situation. And I think in a, in a late game slate, you might have to go one of those directions, but I don't feel confident about any of them. The Kings rotations change so much on a game to game basis that I don't think I like other than maybe Zach Randolph. Um, I feel like there's no one that's like guaranteed big minutes or guaranteed this. It's just such a crab shoot for me on that team. And I hate using <laughs> Kings. Um, so I'm definitely avoiding it. Yeah, I I'm, I'm probably avoiding it too. I agree with you. Moving over to the Nuggets Warriors, 1030 Eastern time tip off. The Warriors have had, a bunch of people listed as probable questionable throughout the day. We know a lot of their statuses, so I'm just going to rattle off the guys that are probable. Looks like we actually just got a full a full injury report from them. We so we got, we got a big old group. So Curry, he's playing. Okay. Iguodala is playing. Caspi is playing. But Durant will not play. That's that's a big deal. How about Draymond Green? Green is good to go. Drew Green is good to go. And we had talked about when we did the first iteration of this podcast RIP that beautiful 25 minutes that we got through uh, that Draymond Green was one of our favorite power forward plays. And again, this presents the problem where it's Anthony Davis, LaMarcus Aldridge, Draymond Green, all listed as power forward. And there's Markin and two that could be getting additional minutes. Which direction you want to go at power forward is bizarre. I think in a late game scenario, it's Aldridge and it's Draymond Green. And that's just, that's your lineup. You're going to figure yeah. out how to differentiate elsewhere, but you need to put those two guys in there. If you're doing a full slate though, I have no idea how you want to separate these guys. Yeah, they're all kind of somewhat expensive too, so it's not like you can you can get both of them in there and get a guy like Giannis and, and someone else. So it's it's tough. I still think Aldridge is my favorite of the group. Um but I, I could see with with Durant sitting out, I could definitely see Green, Draymond Green having a bunch more rebounds than usual in being, you know, one of the guys that absorbs some of that usage. So there's a lot of power forwards available on this slate that are that are really good and I think it, it all comes down to matchup um in in I think, who do you think benefits from the Kevin Durant injury? Because I think that's also an important conversation to have when we're talking about Kevin or when we're talking about Draymond Green is like, okay, he's probably going to be a bit of a scorer, a do it all, everything. Paul Millsaps, of course, still out for the Nuggets. So there's a guy that probably could match up really well with Green that's out of the equation entirely. But is it a guy like Andre Goodall? Is it Caspi? He's in a Jordan Bell potentially that fills in more lineup wise for Kevin Durant? I, it, it's questionable. The the Warriors kind of switch that up on a game to game basis. I think Caspi will definitely be one of the main guys, um, and Iguodala is probably going to see like twenty six to twenty eight minutes. So I think he's he's also a guy that that's going to see you know a pretty hefty workload in regards to the the cheaper guys there, like the Caspis, the McCaws. That that's a little more up in the air, and I and I'm, I don't feel comfortable choosing one single one there. Um, and I'd, I'd probably rather go elsewhere, but I could definitely see a guy like Iguodala seeing, you know, 26 to 28 minutes and seeing a bump in. Bump That's play. why I had slotted into my lineup as the guy I thought would probably benefit from Durant the most. But you're looking at his minutes. He had a great game against the Rockets in the fourth where he scored 31 Fando points. And that was in part because he played 30 minutes. But you know how they like to rotate him off the bench for the most yeah. part. They don't want to try to change that up too much. I wonder with a game against the Nuggets where 
you know, the Nuggets are competing for a playoff spot in the Western Conference. I get that. But they're not really competing for a Western right. Conference spot in the right. playoffs. I wonder if they just say, you know, screw this. We don't want to have Andre Iguodala run out there and actually work. Not work. I mean, obviously he's going to work. But I don't think they want to burn Iguodala on the Nuggets. I guess that's how I'm trying to. Yeah. So I'm a little worried right. about that. And this is coming from a guy that has him in my lineup, and I think that has to provide a bit of a price break, so to speak, in a lot of different spots. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably wouldn't play him if Durant was in there. But with him out, I, I, I see the validity, validity there. Um there is some some questions you know the Warriors do like to scale back minutes here and there so that's that's definitely something I'd worry about um but I, I think it's still it's still a fine play well I guess we can kind of talk about the, the last game on Monday slate Hawks Clippers ten thirty Eastern time tip off Blake Griffin was diagnosed with a concussion on Saturday he did not return to the game the NBA is a lot different than the NFL where they seem to value those concussions quite a bit right, and they, right. don't, they don't want to press the issue so I really doubt Really doubt Blake Griffin plays Monday, but we still don't have word yet on if he will be out or if he will be on the court. Patrick Beverly, of course, is out for the season. Austin Rivers is out for at least the next two two weeks of the bruised heel. Uh, Milos Tidosic didn't play on Saturday with plantar fasciitis in his left foot. So we're talking about guys like Jawan Evans and C.J. Williams. Ben, I'll be honest. I didn't know who Jawan Williams was or Jawan Evans was. So I just combined their names. <laughs> right. I didn't know CJ Evans, Jawan Williams. You know, it all <laughs> works. She sounds more like an NBA player than these guys. I had no idea who Jawan Evans was until we were doing this DFS stuff. He's already priced at fifty one hundred. That's absurd. He's already right. priced there. I recognize that there aren't a lot of options at point guard. But we're talking about a guy that I hadn't heard of previously. That's at fifty one hundred price tag. And more importantly, I put it into my lineup <laughs> because I was I was looking for a tax break, a price break, and I couldn't find anything. Right. Yeah. Evans. Yeah, I, that's 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 that Fanduel aggressiveness again that we we mentioned at the start of the pod. I don't I don't know how that they came up with that when they just came out of nowhere and threw a fifty one hundred tag at him. I can't. I probably won't use him because of it. Um, he's definitely gonna have to play big minutes. I mean, yes, if Tio Dosich doesn't else. play right, that's, that's easily a 30 plus minute workload there workload there. Um, it's th- worth pointing out the Hawks, the Hawks allow 55.8 Fanduel points in the last five games that ranks around the top five and they've allowed 44.6 points, which again is another really high number. So they are not good at stopping the point guard spot. No, do you, if, if Evans plays and it's Tio Dosich out again, I think by default, if he's going to get 30 to 32 minutes, he's probably going to be able to get enough points at 5,100 where you feel okay about it. But there is absolutely no price savings that you're getting from this. You're, you're paying full price for a guy who could very well mess up and just fall out of Doc Rivers' rotation altogether in this game. Right, and, and there's a guy like Darren Collison who's 5,600. who's only $500 more expensive. I feel way, 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 way more comfortable using him over a guy like Evans. So in a late game slate, I think Evans has to be put into your lineup. Yeah, yeah. He's just too cheap and likely to get too many minutes where you can't avoid him. The tournament double up doesn't matter. He's going to get around 30, 45% ownage rate. I think somewhere in that mix. I'm wondering though, if a guy, you know, maybe like a CJ Williams gets a little bit less ownership, certainly in a, a full slate, but even in a late game slate, he obviously hasn't done that well. Fan wise, but I'm looking at the minutes that he's getting again. He might have to get that. And somebody has to score with Blake Griffin out. It can't just be Deandre Jordan who worth pointing out Hawks allowed the most fan points to the center spot. At 8,300, I'm okay with Jordan, but he doesn't give you much more upside besides points and rebounds and occasional blocks. Yeah. And I just have a hard time, like, who he needs He needs someone to give him the ball to be a scorer, right? I mean, he can't really score on his own at this point in his career. Yeah, yeah. And that's where right. I'm like, okay, no, who's giving him the ball to score? Yeah, it, Juwan Evans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, maybe Juwan Evans. Gives, I, I don't know. I have... I have Jordan in my lineup right now because I think the Hawks are going to continue to stink against the center spot. Right. I think Jordan's going to get his points somehow, probably by rebounding and blocks. 
I just don't know how he's going to be able to score, and that's where he's trying to take advantage of that. Right. 8,300, you need him to kind of score, too. Yeah, and I know we've talked about a million power forwards already, but another sneaky power forward is actually Montrezl Harrell. Mm. Um, he played, let's see, 32 minutes when, when Griffin went out early. He had almost a double-double, 9 points, 10 boards. Um, it was like 26 Fando points. So, you know, Sam Decker started, I think, he started recently. small four because of Wesley yeah. Johnson being left off. And we still don't know if that's going to happen again. Right. Decker wasn't a huge DFS option when he was out there, but you're right in the sense they could even try to be bigger with Harrell out. There. Yeah, I, th- I think Harrell, Harrell's the guy that I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by the most there rather than a C.J. Williams or a, a Sam Decker. Before we get to the Roadwire Optimizer lineup, and a spoiler alert, I really do like this lineup quite a bit. There's a couple of question marks that I have with it, but for the most part, it's pretty good. I want to make sure we get our, our readership or our sponsorship here with Draft Easy. We know how frustrating it can be to play DFS tournaments only to be dominated week in and week out by the Sharks and pro players. Did you know 91% of the money is won by 1% of the players? Well, now finally, we found a new daily fantasy game where you actually have a chance to win. With Draft Easy's rapid fire game, all you do is pick which player in five two player matchups you think will score the most fantasy points. Get four out of the five picks right and triple your money. It's that draft easy. No salary caps, no math, no competition, just you against the house. Sign up at drafteasy.com now with promo code ROTOWIRE and get a free shot at $50. Check this. For ROTOWIRE users, get at least one pick right and score 20 bucks free. And for January, Draft Easy has a crazy deposit match bonus with no drip up to $100. Go now to drafteasy.com. Fantasy sports made easy. All right, let's touch on the Rotoware Optimizer lineup, which I teased a little bit earlier that I like quite a bit. It starts out with Steph Curry against the Nuggets at 9,800. We do know that Curry is going to be able to play. Kyle Lowry against the Nets at 7,900 is the other point guard option. Another guard for the Raptors is in there. DeMar DeRozan against the Nets at 9,100. And Avery Bradley likely to see a lot of minutes against the Pelicans, 4,900. Trevor Ariza against the Bulls, 5,200. And David Nwaba against the Rockets, 3,600. Those are your two small forward options. Draymond Green against the Nuggets, 8,300. Scal Abazir against the Spurs at 4,800. And Miles Turner against the Bucks at 6,300 rounds out the Rotoware Optimizer lineup. I really like it. I do. I think there's probably one thing I'd switch. I'd probably dump Avery Bradley, throw in Forbes there at the minimum price, and then get rid of Nawaba and probably get like a $4,900, $5,000 small forward in there. But otherwise, I think there's a lot to like there. No no Durant. There's, there's Curry, and, Curry and Draymond Green both in there makes makes a lot of sense. They're both going to benefit with extra usage. And honestly, Miles Turner is a guy that's super super intriguing for tonight's slate as well. Maker, yeah. Yeah, I'm, so I'm cheap board. compared to what he's been. I think he was up in the 8,000s at one point. So 6,300 seems like a steal. And again, the Pacers are still in competition in the Eastern Conference. I don't think that they're one of the best teams, but they're trying to fight for a playoff spot. Yeah. This is a big game for them. I think Miles Turner has to play play out for them. Victor Oladipo is active. I think that, that that ends up being a good one too. Yeah. I'll go a different direction as far as switching it up, but the same, the same goal. I'm going to get rid of DeMar DeRozan in this lineup and put him Forbes, and then I'm going to go really high at whatever small forward option I want instead of David Nwaba and maybe even try to find a way to get Trevor Ariza out there too because I'm not a huge fan. Yeah. But other than that, you can make a case for Scal. And you certainly can make a case for Kyle Lowry against the uh, against the Nets and Curry against the Nuggets. I'm all on board with too. So I think for the most part, this optimizer lineup is right on board. Right. It, it maybe just a quick little shift on the the cheap guy there, and yeah, I, I really do like it. Let's go through our lineups, and we've done this a little bit before in the past, but I'll have you just read through your guys, and we'll touch on some of the people that we might not have talked about earlier. And then I'll go through my lineup and do the same thing. But let's go ahead and read through your lineup first. Okay, I'm going point guard. I'm going Eric Bledsoe against the Pacers, 7,500. Darren Collison against the Bucks, 5,600. Shooting guard, I'm going Chris Levert 
against the Raptors, 6,100. Cheap guy, Bryn Forbes, against the Kings, 3,500. At small forward, I'm paying up for Giannis. 11,100 against the Pacers. I'm also with uh, Trevor Ariza there against the Bulls at 5,200. Power forward, I'm sticking with LaMarcus Aldridge is one of my favorite picks there. Him going up against the Kings at 8,700. Um, a cheaper Serge Ibaka, 5,900 against the Nets. And in like the, the Rotowire Optimizer, I'm all on uh, on board with Miles Turner for center uh, against the Bucks at 6,300. Let's talk first about Darren Collison. The Bucks have allowed a ton of Fando points lately to that point guard spot. So I recognize the reasoning behind that, but do you really feel that he's going to, I mean, I guess like 25 points, I mean, that's five times the value for Collison around there. Doesn't seem out of reach, maybe 30 Fando points, but there isn't a lot, a lot, a lot up, upside in play. I have a really hard time believing Collison's going to get 35, 40 Fando points to be able to get yourself in that conversation. Do you disagree with me in that though? I don't necessarily d- disagree with you. I think it's a little, uh, I temper that a little bit. I, I'd say like he's gotten, he's hit 40 Fando points like four or five times, three, maybe three or four. But um, it's it's possible. I mean, he that's that's six times value almost on a on a fifty six hundred dollar price. Um, I think I, I like it. I still think it's fine. I, I think I think I think you're right against for for a tournament play. It might not necessarily be the the highest upside you can possibly have. Um, for for fifty fifties though, I think Collison's a, a decent play at, at a decently you know priced mid tier. The only question I had then with your line was Trevor Reza at fifty two hundred against the Bulls. That was another Rotoware Optimizer lineup love, so to speak. But it's only a five hundred dollar difference between Kyle Anderson, who I think is going to be very widely owned. Did you feel like this is more of a pivot play, or are you just trying to find some money, or did you simply don't believe in Kyle Anderson? This is more one of those you know plug a guy in your lineup for now and and see what happens by the time you know lineup lock comes up. Um, definitely one of my least favorite plays of my lineup. Um, I, th- I think I'd rather flip someone out there and and hoping you know some sort of injury presents itself you know, just before lock where I can kind of flip it up or flip, flip him out and, and get someone else in there. But I mean, on, on the flip side, he, he does have, you know, a 40, 41 Fandle point showing and a 48 Fandle point showing, um, in the last you know month. So it, it, the possibility of him going off is there. Um, it's just, it's definitely, he's definitely super inconsistent. So you're going to get the 11 Fandle point showing yeah. as well in there. Um, so that, that brings, you know, plenty of risk with it. That's a, this is a perfect lineup for 2016. We've been doing this NBA DFS podcast now for about a year or so, and we were really finding success last year when we were using around the 6,000-plus guys and maybe one high-priced player. I mean, looking at your lineup, you have one 11,000 guy, one 8,700 guy, and then everyone else is 6,000 or 7,000 besides Forbes. I, I like that, but at least this year, I've really had a hard time trying to make that work, and it feels like you almost have to have a Stars or Scrubs lineup to make some success. I'm going with an Ish Smith at 6,500 against the Pelicans. I like that quite a bit. Juwan Evans at 5,100. I'm not so <laughs> not so sold on against the Hawks. Avery Bradley at 4,900. I can stomach. Malcolm Brogdon at, against the Pacers at 5,200. I don't feel great about it at shooting guard. Kyle Anderson, 5,700. And Andre Iguodala against the Nuggets at 4,300. I feel pretty certain those guys are locks. I also feel like LaMarcus Aldridge, who we talked about earlier, and Anthony Davis, who we also talked about earlier, are kind of my locks for the high-priced guys. And then DeAndre Jordan, 8,300, is my center rounding up my lineup. The one change I think I might end up making, and I'll just make it official now, I'll get Malcolm Brogdon out of there. I'll put Forbes in there, and I'm going to use the savings to get rid of someone like Juwan Evans. I don't know what power or point guard option I want instead, but just looking at that, that's going to save me about, uh, I'm horrible about math, but $1,400, and I think you know I could try to find another point guard at 6500 or even a guy like Darren Collison. Yeah. It's $900 I'll be leaving on the table, but 
that kind of player, I think, is probably going to be more suited for the lineup that we have currently set. Yeah, I think it, when I'm looking at your lineup, I think Evans is definitely the guy that I look at first and be like, okay, uh, it's tough. I don't like the price there. Avery Bradley, I don't know. I think I'd honestly have Brogdon over Bradley. Really? I, yeah, I, I think Bradley's been a little less consistent than Brogdon, even though Brogdon's coming off the bench. Um, I just... I. I don't think Bradley has that much upside either. He just hasn't played that great. Um, I'd, I'd actually have, rather have Brogdon there, even though he's like $300 more expensive. Yeah, and Brogdon had like, I think, four or five straight games, 25 Fandle points, so he's very consistent. Talk about five times the value. Yeah. That's exactly the range you want to get from him. Right. He's not giving you any more. He's not giving <laughs> you any less either. So he's more of a safer play. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I have a feeling I'm going to be tinkering with this, and of course you can follow us on Twitter, uh, myself at JB Fantasy Sports, and then Ben, of course, they can follow you at a Ben Man doing work. Still the best Twitter handle, Rotowire. But yeah, you can follow us both at those handles there, and we can kind of t- tinker with our lineups a little bit. I think, I think I'm going to be staying the same for the most part, as long as I'm paying attention and, and everything's going on. And we see any other injuries, but we know for the most part what's going on with any of the big injuries at the moment. Yeah. There's some stuff that can happen always at the late, late set, last second kind of stuff. You just need Griffin injury out there. I mean, we finally got Durant Leonard's out. So I think Griffin's the biggest, you know, domino yet to fall. Yeah. So I, I think this for the lineup is for the most part going to stay the same. And I feel confident that yours is probably going to be, yeah, for the mo- most part, this is kind of what you're getting. Definitely. At. Yep. All right. Well, that does it for us in the NBA Monday DFS podcast. Of course, if you enjoyed the podcast, please feel free to leave a ratings or review on iTunes or Stitcher. Ben loves those compliments and, of course, does a great job for RotoWare and getting more feedback for future content. And remember, you can go ahead and try and talk with us at the NBA Slack page. We're talking more DFS today, talking DFS Wednesday as well, maybe some Friday DFS too. Definitely. You can just email support at rotowire.com as long as you are a RotoWare subscriber to be able to get into the free NBA Slack chat. That does it for us. We'll be back again Wednesday talking more NBA DFS. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.